when I wrote that book, I covered all areas of where I was affected. Um, emotionally, I was affected. Um, even eating food, I was affected. My money issues, I was affected. Socially, I was affected. Um, relationships and even on decisions, like making decisions for myself. Welcome to the Phase 4 Podcast, inspired by Vishen Lakhiani and Ajit Nawalkar, co-founders of Evercoach, a division of Vine Valley. In this podcast, we speak to coaches and creatives about where they were, where they are, and where they are going. This is the intersection of what we focus on expands, and your story is your superpower. My guest today is Edna J. White. She's an author, public speaker, a mindset coach, and much more. Her coaching specializes in self-discovery and purpose-driven living. Edna believes that everyone has the potential to achieve their dreams, and she works with her clients to help them build a foundation of spirituality, financial, social, mental, and physical health. Her journey embodies the notion that what we focus on expands, and I'm grateful to bring her to you today. Edna, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Yeah, thank you. I'm grateful for you too. I, I've been diving into your background and noticed your wide array of writing. And I guess a good place usually to start is kind of like, how did you end up in that space? It seems like it's a lifelong thing. Um, it has been, I think I, um, I used to, I remember myself writing to God, like when I was five, um, and I had no idea about God. And I remember writing letters and giving it to my mom. And she's like, how do you know about this stuff? So, um, it was always innate in me. And so when I started going to school, um, of course, my favorite subjects is reading and English, you know, it's like I was delving in all the time and I love to write. So I think that continued over into college. Um, I was in college and I had written a poem on a picture that I saw and the um, the po the um, artist was so, um, you know, so enamored by it. He was like, it's got to go. It's got to be part of the display. So. I think I was in school from 1985 to about 86 or 87. He actually applied the, put the poem up with his artwork. So um, I guess that was the starting point of it all. Um, I had written books for a long time, even with um, my, my tragedy of being a childhood sexual survivor. Um, so I had um, written those books, but I never put them out. You know, I never put them out because I was so, you know, shame kind of like, you know, thwarts what you want to do or what you were destined to do. So shame was a big part of that until I met this this man um, and he he was one of my favorite um, reverends or preachers in the churches that I was going to. He was one of my favorite because he was so eclectic. He was um, so contemporary, so profound. And one day I was at his church and he said to me, um, out of you becomes, um, I see tapes and online, I see, you know, I see tapes, online books, I see books, I see you helping somebody. He said that to me, I want to say in 
2000 and I don't know, uh, seven. He said that, and that's when I released released everything. <laughs> so it started, you know, it wow. just set me free. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's a part where like there is that shame, guilt, blame with whatever story yours is that sexual yeah. trauma. Other people have, we all have those stories, and it's like we're too yeah. close to the story to share it. And then it becomes a point where we're kind of detached from the story. The emotion's not as visceral. It's still there, but we're able to share it. And we realize that, hey, there is a gift in here somewhere. And we can share that with the world. One thing I noticed about your books is they're, they're different areas. It's not all focused in one direction. There's a bunch of different ones. So that will yeah. take us everywhere. Yeah. Which, please. <laughs> so, um, I think uh, most of them are uh, personal development. Most of uh, the the first one was um, stuff, no, the store, the stuff that no one told us about living as an adult after sexual childhood sexual abuse. So uh, I think stuff was the onset of all these things that um, affected me. So I wanted my. It took me a long time to kind of write this because I didn't want it to be a story about all my triggers, all my stuff, you know, just my stuff. I wanted it to help people, like really help people because I've read books and some of the stuff triggers, you know, it triggers you and then you'd be like, now what do I do with this? Now that I'm triggered, you know, what do I do with this information? How did he or she overcome? So when I wrote that book, I covered all areas of where I was affected. Um, Emotionally, I was affected. Um, even eating food, I was affected. My money issues, I was affected. Socially, I was affected. Um, relationships and even on decisions, like making decisions for myself, I was totally affected. So I wrote that book to talk about those areas where I, you know, where I was mostly hurt. And out of that, I guess all the other books came out of my skills or what I was doing. So I wrote a book about real estate, wrote a book about um, credit and how important that is um, because we all have generational traumas and we don't, we don't either recognize them or we don't acknowledge them or we gloss over them. That that's the three areas we do. We do that, you know, and you know, um, being from a home that my parents bought their house, we were the first ones in my mom's family to ever buy a house. So we owned a house, but we, my mom and my stepdad didn't know how to take care of it or pass it along, you know? So it wasn't like something, you know, it was great that we were the first ones, but there was no lineage to it. There was no teaching to it. So I wrote a lot of what I write is about generational trauma in each of those um, books. You'll just, you not only find, um, you know, how to's, you'll find out why, why you're doing that, why that you're continuing, you know, you're, you're renting a home instead of thinking that you could own a home or own a piece of property or why your credit is and, you know, what's prohibiting you from it. So it's always something that always goes back to the, the generational um, trauma and then creates generational wealth. Um, yeah. yeah, so 
it always it always goes back to that so that's my i think that's my specialty <laughs> yeah no that's good you're the part of this podcast is what we focus on expands and your story is your superpower and so you took your yeah. story and you're making it superpower what I love about it is that right. you figured out a way to integrate those lessons to give back. And so if I look through yeah. all your different works and there's not just writing, but you're, you're all about giving back, which I love because yeah. the second we do that, that's when we're talking about God and abundance and these kind of things. That's oh, where absolutely. It comes from. absolutely. It really does. I think when I started the um, speak magazine, um, I never had help in t with anybody to, um, to do anything, you know, to just like, so I wanted to, I met so many artists and writers and I would inspire them. And I said, hey, let's get them all together from across the country and just put them in one book. You know, I never charged them anything. I just wanted them to do well and I wanted to share it with everyone. So um, a lot of the people that you see in the magazines now are went off to do some amazing things. I mean, just amazing. They have gotten the the coverage they need, um, and they're doing so great. I, they always often like write me and say, hey, this is what I'm doing. And, and I'm so appreciative because I was part of the journey because I always remember that one preacher that spoke to me and said to me, out of you will come, you know, books and tapes to help women. And I speak to other people the same way out of you, this, you can do this or that. So um, I, I carry that forward. You know, I've always had it, but I really carry it forward. Now. Yeah, I love it. And there's a thing there, right? Where, and you can probably identify both sides because of where you were and where you are now, but where you were, you needed yeah. someone else to believe in you. And that's all it took. And now yeah. you're doing yeah. that for other people yeah. by believing in them. And then yes. you see that. <laughs> The results are they're saying, look at what you did. You helped yeah. me with this book. And now I'm here. I was in a book and I'm editor right. of this book. And it's the same idea. It's called Seeds of Transformation, being called right. to coach. And it's a collaboration with about 32 or 33 coaches, all telling their story of right. how they came into coaching. And so I think right. maybe we know a little bit, but you're also a coach. So can you speak to what kind of coach you are, what you deliver sure. and offer? So, um, I, my specialty, of course, is generational trauma. And I found, well, from my experience, I I knew that there are other people out there. So when I first began coaching, I only wanted to coach those that went through, went through sexual trauma, right? All, you know, and although I, I, was, I, have, I had clients, I figured out quickly that most people weren't going to admit head on that they were sexually, you know, traumatized as a child. They wouldn't do that. So I got to thinking, I said, well, what really is it, you know? And in the way of research from 2015 to about 2015 to 17, 17 or 18, 2018, I've, you know, um, interviewed so many women, you know, and I've just asked them general questions like, you know, um, you know, how do you feel today? And they would always come up with this word stuck. Always, always, always. This is where we stuck. And I was like, oh, okay. And what makes you feel that way? And they would tell me, you know, this, because I get to this point and I don't know why I can't get to this point. And, and, and I, I took note of that. And then the third question was always, well, do you know your next step? No. So I got to thinking, hey, 
this is how I felt when I was going through things, but it was the trauma that was that was stopping me. You know, it was the trauma because I would always replay messages. So if I get to a certain spot in my life, right? Let's say um, I get a job. I want to go for leadership, but I'm either scared, fearful, whatever it is. I'm, I don't. I want to get to that area, but I, I'm not going to do it. So I make up these things in my mind. Well, no one's going to listen. Well, I'm too young, you know. And this comes from the trauma that you've had because you, you've been, you've been, you know, um, kind of misused, mishandled, you know, and abused, and and you're afraid to lend some lend part of you again to someone else. So you don't want to be criticized. You don't want to be hurt anymore. So you don't, don't do it. That's the stuck part, right? That's the stuck part that you stay in. And you stay there replaying all those tapes over and over and over again. And you don't know how to change it. So I thought about that and I said, this is the way it is. So my last question was to, the, to them. And I, and I said, you know, I said, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been traumatized as a child? And some would say, oh, we had our mother and father and blah. And then they, they, they think about it. Well, I remember this time, one, one, um, one client told me, I remember this time that I was, I was great in school. But one subject, my father wanted me to do good in, and I wasn't doing what he wanted. He wanted me to have, I had a B and he wanted me an A plus. And it got me so afraid that he kept pushing, pushing me, pushing me. And I, I couldn't get over that point. And then the next thing I thought I was going to get in more trouble and I still couldn't do it. And then before I knew it, all my grades went south. Everything went because of that pushing in one subject. So I said, well, that's probably the reason why you're not advancing. You're making 75. You want to make 99 or 100. That's probably the reason why. And they never thought that those two things equated to the same thing. So that's how my coaching was born, was born out of that. It was born that I, that there is some trauma about uh, behind everything. And trauma has to do with your, your relationships, your business. It has to do a, with a lot. Just be, you know how they say that you're your brand, your brand is you. Everything about you is what you do. In your relationship, it's you. And so if you don't heal and align you, all those things will suffer. Your business will suffer. Your career will suffer. You know, your relationships will suffer. All of them will suffer. And your life in general will probably suck, you know, because you're not, you're not aligning and you want to align at all times. So that's where my coaching comes from. Yeah, and you're right. That holistic approach is key because you might be going for the ice cream, not realizing it's something to do with your emotions. And just every time you yes. go there or when that trauma does yes. happen, like that student you're saying who got the one B, it has nothing to do with yeah. it. His, his parent can't see that he got nine A's, right? Like they're just looking yeah. at the one little B. Like, And so then that kid yes. ends up in other situations, ends up going back to that little child yes. and just giving their power away. And something at the beginning of that exchange yes. you said was about how you thought at the beginning you had to niche down. This is a great tip for new coaches. Niche down at the very beginning, but do it very quickly and then go back out again because all that will do is help you find your own little area. And like you said, yes. because 
because your story is your superpower, you'll be able to have more authenticity in the beginning. But then you have to spread back out yes. again. Yeah, yeah, have to. You have to do that. So it's not something that happens overnight. But you have you need to be trustworthy, and the only way that you're going to be trustworthy is that you're living the entire life that you're teaching. You got to be yeah. living it. Got to be Walk living the, it. Can't talk it. Talk. You know? the talk. Yeah, I love this. Uh, <laughs> I, there's so many ways we could go. So be, I think maybe actually we'll do some community activism and then we'll move over to like author's okay. insight. Okay. But uh, because it's okay. such amazing give back that you're doing, you're giving back to not only like women, also young black children. And I would love to hear about it because mm -hmm. it's so powerful and important. Okay, so... I, I hold I hold some positions in the community. I'm a president of um, a local chamber, the Greater Gordon Heights Chamber of Commerce, and I'm also a chairperson for the Brookhaven um, Town NAACP, and that's um, you know the longest-standing um, activist com um, organization there is. So I'm I'm really proud to like kind of hold those places, um, but my heart and not and not but but. I would say not, but I don't want to say, but my heart is in working with homeless, the homeless. And um, I've worked in real estate for over 20, I think this is 22 years. And I've always leaned towards working for those, the underdog, you know, pushing for the underdog. You know, if, if there was discrimination, I was always out there pounding the pavement, you know, making reports. No, they have to get this house. So I always advocated, and everyone knew me in the community. If anybody can get that house for me, it's going to be this lady right here, because you know I would see the you know the injustices, and I would and I literally would go head on to to let them know. So I was, and I and I I'm think you know I really thank God for who I am because I had to grow into that. I had to grow into that. I you know. You know, we see so many examples out here, but I really had to grow into my own. I really, I was mimicking people, you know, you know, when you get trained as a real estate agent, yeah, you know, you got to do this, this, you know, but I wanted to do my own thing. And I always asked God, I wanted to be me. What, what makes me special? And sure enough, it showed me, you know, and I've always advocated for the homeless. And I find that more women are homeless than with their children than they are men. Um, and in working with them, I, you know, they would label to me, you know, caseworkers and all of that would label to me and say, hey, these people don't want to, they don't want to, and they would use this word, these people, these people don't want to um, get any better. They don't want a home. They don't want all this. But in my experience as being a, a co-pastor, you know, you have to have compassion, you know. And so I would talk to them in a way that soon to understand that they were hopeless. It wasn't that they didn't want to look for a house. is that if they looked for a house, they would get the same outcome they were getting hundreds of times before. Then on the second part was no one showed them. You know that saying? If you, let me see, if you give them something to eat, you know, I think it is something like that. You give them something to eat, you, you satisfy them right now. But if you show them how to do it, they'll, they'll tell generations to come. That's, that's what we're missing. Yes. 
That's what was missing in the whole, it was they weren't taught how to search for a home. So I added that into my coaching is that, you know, I would always teach a person how to do something. So when I'm not there, they can ha- they can tell themselves and they can tell their family members, their children, they can, it, hand, it goes hands down, you know, to, to next generation. So my, my heart always is with the homeless because I can give them a better, better part of life. So I have so many connections with so many people. I don't have to do all the work. So if they need a job, if they need somebody to write a resume, boom, call them. That's something I do. So it's, it's such a beautiful thing when, um, when, I, when I started living, my, living who I was, my authentic self, I found out that I was lovable. <laughs> I found out I was lovable, you know, and that people love to be around me. I said, like, wait, because sometimes I can be a little bit offsetting, but it, they always tell me, no, it's the way you say it. I know it's coming straight from your heart. It's not coming from no place of malice. It's not none of that. So I can tell you to curl your hair, you know, because you don't look good today. And you'll say, oh, that's good. Yeah, I'll do that because Edna, you know, Edna don't Edna doesn't mean it like that. She wants me to look good. She wants to inspire me. So when I started living my true self, really, people just started. It, it, I I got you know so many arm you know that I started cinching arms with people. It was just so great. So I have a team of people that I can just call to help. And they're not, you know, they're willing, hey, I'll do that for them. I'll do that, you know, correcting credit, all of that. That makes a whole person. So my desire, and I give back to, um, you know, my work, 10% of my time as a coach is given back to those that are homeless. The, you know, those, anything that I do, 10% of that. I, whatever I earn, here in, in coaching, 10% goes to that second chances and so that it can give back and I can, you know, help them do this. Or if they can't come to me, I can buy, buy you know, trans, a Metro card or something for them to get to me. So it always, I always give back 10% of my time, 10% of my, my funds, I give back to the homeless because that's, that's where I've, I've My heart is. My heart is really there because if you heal the parent, heal the children, and and that's a whole different. You know, working with children is a a whole nother level in homelessness. You know, I work with those that have been in homeless three to ten years, so you you can imagine the hopelessness that's on their backs. You know, you can imagine it. So I I I love that part of it. I really love that part of um, what I do. And it's 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 amazing, but the the idea that the hopelessness comes from it's just because it's systemic. You see it everywhere, and it's like, well, what's the point? Yes. That's what people do. Yes. And so, what you're doing is helping to break the patterns and change it. There's a bunch in there that yeah. I got to get to. So, and because we're talking to coaches and creatives, but yeah. something like delegating, like you said, there's certain things where you're that's not your specialty. So don't even waste time. Delegate it and get it back. You got you. What you got to do sometimes as a coach. Because 
you know, you're, it's, it's like your baby, you know. And I know when I went into meant, uh, working with a, uh, another coach, when I'm working with him in my marketing, I didn't want to give that up. I was like, no, 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 that's I've got this, you know. So you don't want to give that up. You have to be in a place that okay, I can't do everything, and it's the truth. I can't. And right. guess what? I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to. <laughs> Yeah, no, there's definitely some so, parts where you just need to let go and give it up and keep the parts that resonate exactly, the most. Exactly. Um, when exactly. you're talking, I'm just thinking about your story. It sounds like mirrors and the way that people come and talk to you and give you that feedback. That's a mirror of who you are. Like, so mm -hmm. that's what you're sending out. And then you're attracting yeah. back that same signal and just right. wanting the best for people. That's the idea. I don't know. I just see it like that. And you talk yeah. about... Um, the second chances. So maybe yeah. can you expand on second chances? What is it? And then move into author insights. Okay. So second chances is a um, organization that I formed um, about 2017. And I formed it um, to help the homeless um, because I saw that it's such a great need. And it didn't really start rolling until now. <laughs> That's how, I mean, it, I was doing it. I was really working it, but it didn't start forming until now. Um, it is, the mission is to heal um, the, 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 the woman, whether she's looking for a job, whether she's working at a job and she needs to go higher, um, looking for a home, whether she needs you know, um, psychological counseling, if, whether she needs you know, addiction counseling, is to make her whole so that she can help her family be whole. And that's really it, is to, to introduce a better quality of life on all levels. So it's financially fit, it's physically fit, it's emotionally fit, it's, um, you know, um, all those pieces, all those pieces. The only thing we don't have to worry about being spiritually fit, you know, but soulfully fit, yes, our soul has to be mended in order to have that continual spiritual connection, but soulfully fixed, um, healing from those traumas, recognizing those traumas, and then recognizing what trauma that, that they're doing right now that adds to the impact of that. So it's a well-rounded, um, I guess I wanna say program, especially for homeless, especially for homelessness. Um, you know, I, I my, my data goes back to, um, you know, I always work with black women, black women and families, but, you know, I've, I've helped everyone in between, you know, but it, it, it's really all my data that I work with black women and, and BIPOC community. How much of this is like teaching people about a growth mindset because they're stuck in a fixed mindset? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Let me, I'll give you a quick example. Um, I had one, one family, family of nine, two adults, seven children. And so their case was um, that they've been in the sheltering system for five years and they wanted me to figure out why um, and help them move on. Okay, so when I went into the situation, the mother was working at a very good job but you know, with seven children, it's still, even if it's a good job, you need two incomes. So I met with the husband because he wasn't working. So 
I said, I want you to come in and meet with me. And so we could figure out what, you know, I started with housing because that's what everybody wants to start with. And so he came in to meet with me. And so when I looked at him, I said, oh, I'm introducing myself. You know, I'm talking to him. And I said, you know, shared with him a couple of things I wanted him to do. And I said, he wants you to come back next week. And, and this is the homework I want you to do. And then I said, but here's one thing that I want you to do for me. And I said, as a black mom, and I know I'm going to sound like a black mom right now, but you're a handsome young man. Don't let any situation make you fall into not taking care of yourself. And I know it's nothing but you being depressed and, and feeling hopeless that, you know, that you're coming to the center. And they was coming to a center, you know, and I said, I know. I said, but, but I want you to dress better. I want you to feel better. Well, we met the next week came in dressed, um, shaven, haircut, and I was so impressed. I stood up out of my chair and I gave him a hand clap, right? I said, you look amazing. And I said, how do you feel? He said, I feel great. I said, yeah, yeah, you feel great. So the next thing we did, we talked about um, how we can change things. I said, what do you like to do? He says to me, what do you mean? I said, we're looking for a career for you. We're not going to look for a house right now. We're going to look for a career. What do you like to do? He says, you know, I love driving. I love chauffeuring people. Okay. So I says, okay. How about you applying to a limousine service? And he says, oh, you're not going to say taxi? Is it? I think big. Two days afterwards, he told me, I got the job. And possibility comes in, right? He didn't even think of that because he just figured it wasn't possible. And then someone believes in him again or shows him the door. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. As we, I <laughs> and love he it. Just did. And that's the great thing. He just did it. That's what's the great thing about it. He just did it. He yeah. trusted it, you know? Yeah. So as we begin to wrap up, if this episode resonates with you, we'll leave Edna's information in the show notes, but reach out, give us a like, a subscribe, a share, a follow. And um, maybe as we begin to wind down, I got maybe a couple more questions and sure. I definitely want to get to your show, but there's one question I ask everyone. So this is the phase four podcast. And phase four in the six phase okay. meditation by Vishen Lakhiani is all about creating your future three years out. So where's Edna three right. years from today? Three years from today, I'm going to be the low Oprah. Okay. Three years out. So that's where Edna's going to be. I love it. And so, yeah, maybe we're, when we move now to author insights, your, your talk show, and then kind of mix in your coaching and see maybe where do you, wherever you want to take it. So um, they invited me um, to, you know, have a conversation. She said, I'd really like to have you on my show because the Now Channel approached me to kind of like, um, you know, have a show. And I was like, you mean have my own show? So she says, yeah, I would really love you to do that. So I said, okay, great. So we're working on that now. But in the midst of that, I got a call from someone that I did an interview a while ago um, and said, we'd love you to host your show because now we have access to the Bronx Network and Cablevision. So I was like, what? So we'd love you to host your own show. So I came up with Second Chances with Edna White because everyone gets a second chance 
every time, every all the time, no matter what it is. I mean, it's you think about it and then you, okay, get another chance. And it could be the same thing. You still get another chance. So um, it's called Second Chances with Edna White. And what it, the show is about, it's about thought leaders. It's about... Um, it's about business owners, authors. It's finding out, you know, into the crux of the reality and the realness of who you really are when you're encountering all these things. You know, how are you feeling when you, you, you encounter, encounter all these things and what you can tell the audience to do that you've done and inspire them to live a better life. That's beautiful. Yeah. So it's not just talking is actually here's an action step that you can take with you and yes. change your life. And then um, hopefully you have a, a coaching offer you can give out, but I'm looking over your shoulder. I see the book women right now, which is really beautiful, yeah. fun play on words, but maybe can you talk about that yes. book and then we'll see if you have any offers. Okay. So this book was started in 2019. Okay, a publisher um, approached me and says, "You have you have so many connections with women. We'd love you to curate this book." So it's a curation of thirty-five women um, of all the worlds: Australia, India, I mean China, all over. People that I know, um, people that I've met along the way that never told their story. They never told their story to anyone. This is the first time they've told their story to anyone. And I, you know, I really, um, I get emotional about this because this is their traumas and the things they went through. And a lot of their stories are, they, they gave it to me in my hands to make sure it was good. And with the help of the, the, the publisher and the editors, this book reads like, it just reads beautifully. It just reads so beautiful. Um, and along the way, we did lose two of the authors to COVID. So you can imagine. This book came out last year, November 10th. We were number one in two weeks in the ebook. Now, you know you don't stay that long, but number one in the ebooks for Amazon. Number one. So this book was it was it was coming out like crazy and we, we stayed number one for two weeks. So um it 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 really inspires me. Um I'm always doing um you know um uh, book signings, you know, locally and and around the world. So um this this means a lot to me, you know, and I entrust it wherever I go. Beautiful. So it's the newest one. Yeah, my intuition was asking me to jump on that question. Um but my <laughs> <laughs> I think um, so yeah do you have an offer maybe coaching or how can people kind of get a hold of you for coaching well they can get a hold to me anyway I mean I'm on Google almost every platform um, not almost all platforms <laughs> so it's Edna J. White um, there are Edna Whites but this is Edna J. White you can get in touch with me um I have, an, uh, I have so many offers. I think uh, for Labor Day, I just did something, um, and it could probably continue to the, the month of September. Um, I have a coaching program for seniors, seniors program, and also uh, mindset coaching for $2.99 for a month for 
coaching. So um, that's the special for September. That's brilliant. And um, I guess where I kind of wrap up will be, is there anything I didn't touch on you want to talk about some kind of insight or motivation you'd like to leave our listeners with today? I just, you know, I, one thing I really want to say is, a, is I can't tell you how important it is to align, you know, and really be work on being your authentic self, no matter how, if, you know, whatever you know, infallacies you have, work on just being yourself. I, the opportunities that came to me when I started to be my, I mean, when I started to come into myself and really didn't start loving myself, just loving myself, it was, it's great. You don't have to struggle. I, I, right now I'm struggling with um, finding something to do on a daily basis because now I have a team of people doing everything for me. So I don't, I'm like, okay, what do I do next? But when you become, when you get into your alignment, you know, when you're coaching or not, whatever you want to do, make sure that it's, you know, you really have a good why and make sure that you're living a good life, like re a real authentic life. Yeah, that's perfect. I'm going to just leave it right there. Edna, thank you so much for your time today. I'm so grateful. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you.